Building on two decades of global experience, including as a diplomat at the State Department and as a senior Obama official, Julie Egan launched Solonier to perform a different kind of diplomacy, one aimed at bringing people of eclectic backgrounds together over food and art to tackle tough conversations with diverse partners to inspire change and build collaborations. My goodness, Julie, you have tackled a big deal, a big a big issue. Well, that's very kind. It's wonderful to be with you today. It's wonderful to have you here. It, while at the State Department, Julie executed diplomatic ventures as varied as entrepreneurship, diplomacy, hip-hop diplomacy, food diplomacy. Uh, she helped launch President Obama's Global Entrepreneurship Summit, which has brought together over 30,000 entrepreneurs, investors, innovators in eight countries, and authored the first U.S. regional foreign policy in North Africa to include government, CEOs, and young entrepreneurs. I don't know how you follow up with that on all those things with what you're going to do now, but I know you're doing it. Well, thank you. Um, You know, I mean, I think what's – I've been really fortunate to have a, a really exciting career Um, And I'm also really fortunate to be able to come home to Detroit um, to continue my work. And, um, you know, just, you know, as a note on my background, uh, one of the reasons I find myself back in Detroit is because I'm I'm actually a proud fourth generation Detroiter. Wow. So, yes. And so um, that's really also I mean, I've had all these wonderful global opportunities and we'll talk a little bit about that, because one of the things we're trying to do with Salonier is now connect. Detroit and Detroiters to global opportunities in different in different ways. But, you know, where it all began is, you know, my great grandparents, my grandparents, my father and myself were all born on Detroit's east side. Um, You know, my great grandfather on my father's side owned, you know, well, they both owned businesses on the east side, a snuff company and a bar, among other things. Hmm. Um, You know, graduated from local high schools uh, were, you know, and then, um, you know, my father's still here, a successful entrepreneur, and on my mother's side, just across the border as another type of international relationship. My my mother's family is from is from Canada, and you know we come from a family of farmers. We have a family homestead in Canada that goes back to the early 1800s. So I like to tell people that my work really, um, in the very beginning, has been very influenced by my family background and our connection to food, entrepreneurship, and and also Detroit. Well, I love the background. I love the history in Detroit and the family story. But let's start at the beginning of this conversation with what exactly Solonier means. Right. So people ask, of course, ask me this a lot because it's not an English word. um, And it has a very very rich history. But the word Solonier is a French word that means the woman who holds salons. And I chose this name um, for a few reasons. One, because the history of salons um, is very much a a woman-led movement, and I think we'll talk more about that, but also for its ties to Detroit's French history. Um, And and on a personal note, which was important for me, it's a tribute to my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, whose mother tongue was French. Well, since you say we're going to talk about it, we are talking about it right now with its ties uh, to Women's History Month, for goodness sakes. Share a little of that history of the name. Right. So, um, 
so to start kind of in the beginning, people often ask, what is a salon? It's not, it's not a, a term that everyone runs into in their daily life. So a salon is essentially a conversational gathering in an intimate setting over food and drink. And the history of salons, um, they really were led uh, by trailblazing women around the world from many different places, from Cairo to Buenos Aires to Berlin to Harlem, going back to the 5th century. And these salons were significant because they very much influenced the cultural and political trends of their times, kind of like you're doing in Detroit today, but this was, you know, a different time. Um, but they were called salons because they were held in living rooms, which in French, the word for living room is salon. And so this is where the, this is where the concept, the name came from. But these gatherings were held in the homes of women who were often married to influential men, and didn't have their own individual standing in society, but they used their proximity to power to create these salons um, in their homes where they would invite the leading voices and artists and intellectual leaders of the times. And these became kind of underground meeting places that very much influenced many sort of cultural and intellectual movements and also, frankly, became um, informal universities for women. So, you know, you know, just I, I like to give a little bit of background because it's, it's so interesting to me. I mean, many people associate the salon with in the Enlightenment period in France or Picasso and Gertrude Stein. But, you know, like many Eurocentric views of the world, this isn't accurate. The earliest salons go back to sort of the fifth century on the African continent in Cairo in particular, but then later in Syria. And in one interesting example, a very famous salonier um, in Syria by the name of Mariana Marash, um, who was a poet and a writer um, and a leader in the Arabic Renaissance called the Nahda movement. Um, and she essentially revived the salon tradition in the Middle East during the 19th century and was the first known Syrian woman to publish a collection of poetry and write in an Arab daily newspaper. And then over in Buenos Aires, the Argentine national anthem was sung for the first time in the home of a salonier. And in the United States, um, saloniers played a very important role in the Harlem Renaissance, in particular um, led by the daughter of Madam C.J. Walker. So it's a very rich um, history of how women sort of, as, as has been the case throughout history in many cases, you know, that women were playing these influential roles behind the scenes. It's certainly fascinating. We're speaking with Julie Egan, the founder of Salonier, and, and she worked uh, for the Obama administration. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, what you did for the State Department and the Obama White House before you started this wonderful now Detroit-based company. So I had the privilege, really, of being a U.S. diplomat for 10 years um, prior to starting Salonier. Um, you know, just for the audience, many times people ask me, what is a diplomat? Um, people don't ever, you know, it's not, it's not an, a concept that is also widely understood, but it's essentially the U.S. government has sort of emissaries um, that uh, work out of our embassies in other countries, and th our jobs are to 
uh, be a liaison between the U.S. government and other governments and other people. Um, and, you know, there are also people at the State Department that uh, play that role from Washington, D.C. So I, I worked primarily, I was an expert on Northern Africa, so Libya, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, Mauritania, and then more broadly in the Middle East. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was fortunate during my time at the State Department to do something very exciting, which was to design and launch a, a regional foreign policy that sort of created a new type of relationship and a new type of um, set of partnerships between the U.S. and North Africa. And this was just before the Arab uprisings in, you know, 2010. Um, and a lot of my work focused on entrepreneurship and, and how entrepreneurship, which was something we know very well in Detroit, but it's, you know, one of the things that the U.S. does so well. Um, and we, we used this idea of entrepreneurship and all of, you know, and also worked with entrepreneurs to create relationships and partnerships and, and other types of uh, ties between the U.S. And, and that area of the world. And then later during the Obama White House, I kind of took a different turn and was working for the National Economic, uh, the National Economic Council. And there, um, you know, I was focused primarily on working with communities inside the United States, cities like Detroit, to build foreign policy capacities. So, um, you know, how to create a global strategy for a city. And I was lucky to be part of an innovative initiative by President Obama that sent a team of advisors to Detroit um, after the after the bankruptcy. And my, my job was to try to build a, a global strategy or come up with ideas towards a global strategy for Detroit. So I'm, you know, there are elements of that that you that I have incorporated into my work with Salon Air, mostly mostly focused on the creative side, though. Well, let's go back to that uh, entrepreneurship and uh, and Salon Air, uh, and that is. Uh, tell us a bit about your recent cultural series at the Shinola Hotel and the the art and activism campaign and art to table series. Uh, just kind of just a little bit of it before we run out of time. Well, sure. This was a very special project. We were fortunate enough to partner with. Um, well, we've been working with Chef Andrew Carmelini and NoHo Hospitality, and then more recently the Shinola Hotel. And we hosted the Samarello hosted an art salon at during Detroit Homecoming where a number of notable Detroit artists presented their work. But a very Im important feature of the salon was we worked with the, the Department of Fine Arts of Detroit Public Schools to select students from geographically dis uh, disparate high schools in Detroit to create and present an original artwork at the salon that spoke to their feelings about art and activism during, during 2020. And so each student received a $500 art supply scholarship, they sold their artworks for the first time, and we created a series of digital downloads um, of their work. And the sale of that work uh, benefited Detroit Public Schools fine arts programs during COVID-19. So it was a wonderful initiative of Sam Morello and the Shinola Hotel. And then we also worked with Chef Carmelini and one of the featured artists, Desiree Kelly, to create a month-long special menu at San Morello that was inspired by a specific work of art by Desiree. Um, so that, hence the art to table moniker. Beautiful. Uh, and I know as we uh, close out that you also have this project with the Obama's production company, Higher Ground, Netflix, and others. Can you tell us about that? 
Well, sure. Um, that was such a wonderful opportunity that w- came at the end of 2019, um, where we essentially worked with participant Netflix and Higher Ground to um, to screen um, the documentary American Factory, which then went on to win an Academy Award that year. Um, and really at the heart of that documentary is a, a conversation that matters very deeply to Detroit, which is um, the future of work. So we brought to the table diverse voices from labor, business, the arts, religious leaders, and students for a candid conversation about what the future of work looks like in Detroit. And we were especially proud to work with Detroit Public Schools to identify two students from the Detroit School of Art, Dion Reynolds and Brian Davis who created an original art short art film about the future of work from the perspective of young people that spoke both to what they're excited about and their fears are about the future of work. Well, you can find out more about what Julie Egan is a part of as the founder of Salonier, and you can go to www.salonier.co. And, uh, and get more information. And, Julie, thanks for sharing all of that with us on Opportunity Detroit. Well, thanks for allowing me to join the conversation. We will continue that in just a moment.